Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thanks for joining us again. Matt Harris, Seton Tucker, Impact of Influence. Uh, the tragic story of a powerful South Carolina family and mysterious deaths that were tied to the family. Welcome to our first episode of this podcast, Impact of Influence. My name is Matt Harris. Co-host is Seton Tucker. Hello, Seton. Hello. A lot of twists and turns in this case that you'll hear about in episodes that are coming up, but we want to begin with the June 7th double homicide of Maggie and Paul Murdoch. Maggie, the wife of Alec Murdoch, Paul, the son, 22 years old, of Maggie and Alec Murdoch. So, Seton, let's get right to the timeline. What do we know? We know that at 10.07, Alec Murdoch, the husband of Maggie and the father of Paul, called 911 reporting that his son and wife had been shot outside of their home. At 10.28, the scene was secured by the Colton County Police. And then at 1207 SLED, which is South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, kind of the top dogs of law enforcement in South Carolina, arrived on the scene. Well, they weren't the first ones on the scene? Or were they the no, first? no. They the Culleton County came first. Okay. Um, they didn't arrive until two hours after the 911 call. Information about the property, I think it's over 1,000 acres, bigger than downtown Charleston, if anybody's familiar with, with Charleston, South Carolina. So it's a big area. I see that it was found by the dog pens, but I didn't even mention, are there dogs in the dog pens? I believe that there are dogs in the dog pens. And, you know, whether the dogs made it or not, whether the dogs were shot. but were the I dogs actually, barking? Or? That's was interesting. Was there someone out there? And that's why they went, because they heard the dogs barking? Yeah. Or did they typically feed the dogs at this time of night? I've not heard anything about that. No, I, it's a question. I did see yesterday that there were reports of dogs barking from their property. So I think the dogs are back there. Hopefully the dogs survive, but we don't know the answer to that question. The first sergeant arrived. He found the two individuals lying on the ground. His quote is, found two individuals, Paul Murdoch and Margaret, Margaret lying on the ground with apparent gunshot wounds. That's what he wrote in the report. That's a sergeant who responded to the Moselle Road in Colleton County, and he is the one, I guess, who made the next call to get sled out there. And they released 18 pages of what they call supplemental incident reports in the last couple of days, which the Post-Courier had been suing to get as much information as possible. In fact, it says that the quote is media outlets have filed a, quote, significant number of requests under the Freedom of Information Act. One of the first things they said was everybody's safe. Nobody in the area should be worried. That was actually came out the next day. So the very next day, they, they issue a statement saying they don't feel there is a public safety threat. But they did not tell if they had. There's just been no word on a suspect. No, they well, they named the father Alec as a person of interest. Right. But that I don't find very unusual because always a family member is going to be the first person they probably look at. If you heard the story or followed it early on, there was a rumor that Alec was out shooting. But then that was cleared up later as saying he was. He was visiting his 
father who actually died several days after his wife and son were murdered. Um, so I guess his father was gravely ill and he was out visiting. They're saying it's an ironclad alibi. Right. So. And I can imagine how awful this is for that guy, right? I mean, you, your dad dies. Your dad's very sick. You go to see your, your wife and kid and they are both shot in the head. And then two to three days later, whatever it was, your dad dies. That's a rough stretch for a dude, for anyone to go through. So they were found uh, near the dog pen. There were rumors that maybe the dogs were shot, but we don't think that's the case. I think we would have found out by now. Well, I, I mean, they've maybe released not. such little information that you don't know. I mean, yeah, they, they haven't true. released the 911 tape, which is interesting why they why they haven't released the 911 right. tape. And people are still like uh, media outlets are still suing to try to get that information. So the 911 hasn't been released. The autopsy, they say between 9 and 9.30. Right. And then the dad came home. Yeah. And then the dad arrived, called 911 at 9.07. So you wonder, was was he supposed to be there, too? Or were right. one of the other people that's pretty specifically close. targeted? It could be an hour. It could be 30 minutes between when the murders occurred and when he gets there. What was reported, and we, again, just reported, there's not been an official word, right, on what Trey Gowdy said, the reporter? Right. On Sunday night, he, on his show, Trey Gowdy is a former politician and prosecutor in South Carolina. So, I mean, if if he's reporting stuff, he may have inside information that he's hearing from other people. But he reported that they were possibly bound. And earlier, they had said, it's been confirmed by police that there were two weapons used. They didn't really say what type. Rumor is that it was a rifle and an assault rifle. They haven't said whether they've recovered these guns. Um, we know that SLED was searching the swamp behind their house. Because there's a lot of swamp land. I, from what I understand, what about the property, I, I believe there's a lot of swamp in that area. There's lots of woods in that area. So if somebody was going to get rid of a gun, you got a lot of acres. Right. But we don't know whether they were looking for the gun or some sort of other evidence right. or not. Um, the right. police have not said whether the guns had been recovered or not. But it had been rumored and reported on that they were execution-style murders. Mm-hmm. And now we have from Trey Gowdy saying that they were bound. The two uncles of the boy that was shot, the 22-year-old that was shot, uh, Paul, appeared on Good Morning America on, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday, which was the first public appearance, public statements by anybody in the Murdoch family, saying that they had heard the son, uh, Paul, had been threatened via just online, not in person or anything. Right. He had received threats and that there was a lot of, uh, obviously, social media, you know, outcry about this crime. So, But they didn't think these threats were credible or they mm-hmm. seemed very upset that they didn't take these threats seriously. So maybe possibly Paul was the target. When you go through and as you have uh, looked through all this the rumor mill and the social media ramp up with all the possibilities of people who would have had a, a bone to pick with either Paul or the family. And you can go start with the boating accident where Paul was the driver of, was indicted on some charges and we cover the whole thing in depth in another episode. But many feel justice was not done there. The law enforcement agencies looked at the parents and the family. Mallory Beach. Mallory Beach. They also, all of the boaters who were on the boat that evening have all voluntarily submitted their DNA. They, they probably just want to rule names. themselves out. Yes. Right. Because they, they just went to motive right away. They had to get that out of the way because people would have been saying, why aren't you checking on these 
people. I, I find it hard to believe that any of them would have it in them to walk right up and shoot somebody in the head. I mean, that's a special kind of right. thing it's, right there. Two people, well, two no, sets of guns. So that leads you to believe that there were probably two people involved right. in the shooting, not just one, because I don't find it, pl- like, if you, why would you pick up one gun? Use another gun. And then use another gun. It just doesn't seem believable to me. The other people they reached out to, uh, law enforcement, is the mother of the hit-and-run victim, the mom of... Stephen Smith. Yeah. The mother of Stephen Smith has been very vocal about believing the Murdoch boys had something to do with the murder of her son, who was gay, and she says that was having an affair with one of the Murdoch boys, allegedly. I, I think it's the older one. The older one. Okay. So, Buster. So she's been very vocal about that and very angry about that as justified. I mean, if you're a grieving mom, of course. They went, law enforcement, somebody in law enforcement, do we know who went to Sled, talk to her? Sled has Sled con- did. contacted her, and she was hoping it was going to be because they were reopening her son's case. And I do. they said that they were looking back into her son's case, which is a great thing. But uh, she kind of took it as a slap in the face because they said that they wanted to make sure, rule her out as a suspect for the double homicide of Paul and Maggie. So you've got the boating accident under suspicious circumstances and not fully tidied up with the, some arrest and whatnot and justice, some people say. You've got the hit and run, which many people think that there was not justice done there. So you to take care of those two uh, motives. And then you also go to the motives of all of the people that the Murdochs have covered in their they've been solicitors the family for 85 years they put people behind bars they've been prosecutors right a lot of bad people connected could definitely be somebody who was angry that they got sent to jail because they prosecuted them or on the other side they represented them or a company and in their private in their private practice so it could have been something that went wrong there because they sued somebody put a company out of business we don't know or, or or something like that we don't know the circumstances of the housekeeper's death Many years ago in the house, we don't know who was there, what was going on, if there's, is, is there even a reason for someone to be angry about that? Three deaths, I should say, that they are connected to the Murdoch family. It's the hit and run, Stephen Smith, there's the uh, boating accident, and then there's the housekeeper. So they got that, plus their law practices. You know, the Internet is going crazy with all sorts of accusations that it's someone within the family. Right. Well, I know well, they did name Alec as a person of interest and they took his computer and I think they've searched the home, which would be normal. This past weekend, they went to Paul's off-campus apartment at USC and took his computer and searched his mm-hmm. personal space there. What was interesting about this is, I guess, the property manager of the apartment complex called because the door was open. So did someone else go there first? And right, were they looking for something? Were they looking for something? Some, right. Were evidence? they looking for something specific or did they try to clear off the computer or, or was it simple? Something like one of his buddies went in there and got something or whatever. Right. So yeah. And it, it took a while to, I mean, that's, I don't know, 10, 12, whatever days is after the murders, they went to his room. Right. Which seems to me that would be something you'd want to do relatively quickly. I assume that the uncles that were on Good Morning American said he had been threatened, would have told law enforcement prior to their interview with Good Morning America. Right. You wouldn't like you sit there for 12 days, do an interview on TV and say, well, Paul, oh, by the been- way, he was threatened uh, a bunch of times. Right. Unless it didn't dawn on them through. Well, they were they were grieving and they weren't thinking 
but it does seem like that should have been something like right away. I want to go check and see if there's been any threats in the guy's computer. It took a long time to get to that. The new report that comes out that there's a heavily redacted, as, as we said earlier, uh, it's 18 pages. There's not a lot of information about the uh, sheriff's office response. There's no new information about the murders, the weapons used, or any suspects or persons of interest. These are the first official reports from law enforcement. And you see, this is on the 21st it came out, I believe. So a sergeant responded, as I said before, he identified the victims and that uh, gunshots uh, were the cause of death more than likely. He secured the scene with crime scene tape, only essential personnel allowed. There was a sergeant that another sergeant that arrived or a deputy, I'm sorry, that arrived and helped mark the shell casings and crime scene tape. And another sergeant assisted with preserving the crime scene for sled till they got there. And here's something that I didn't know until yesterday. A tow service towed a vehicle out back to the sheriff's office. Yeah, and it's in I the saw impound that lot, too. We don't know Who's anything vehicle? about that. Whose Who? car it is, why it was impounded, had to have something to do with it, but it could have been, I well, guess it could have been blood splatter. It could have been a bullet in there. I mean, I don't know. Well, another thing that I found, so Trey Gowdy reported on Sunday night, too, this, and I'd heard rumors about this, a, an incident with a former employee where Alec had gotten in a fight with this employee. They had some sort of dispute, and then Paul jumped in. And it seemed like it was maybe possibly a physical dispute. And I'd seen rumors that this was a caretaker of their property. So I wonder if... You know, that could have had something to do with it. If he was a caretaker, it kind of brings up the question of cameras. This is a hunting lodge. I'm sure that there were cameras. Were the cameras working? Mm-hmm. In fact, it says, well, it doesn't mention those in the the new material that came out that was released. But it did say that an investigator was looking for homes or businesses with exterior home security cameras facing the road. So maybe that says are- the cameras at the Murdoch home were not working. Yeah, that's because very if possible. They're, if they're or maybe looking they I mean, for other cameras. Well, maybe they didn't have cameras trained on that area. That's true, because they probably were trained on deer, because that's, right. I would think, what they were using the cameras for. Or but, the house, but, but I don't know somebody, how far away the house is from the, the dog pen. It seems like it's a decent away, but the house, if they were led from the house, you would have yeah. images of it someone the leading house. them from the, the house. And you would think that doesn't exist, or they would have arrested somebody. I mean, it was very obvious that someone is taking a gun and walking them at nine o'clock or nine fifteen or whatever right. time it is. So was this a hit? That's the well, that's, other question. Well, and then, you know, it, it does lead one to think a hit, which means nobody's alibis really matter We're, at that yeah, point. If it, then it doesn't matter if the beach or any of the other boaters submitted their or the DNA or the Smith family or the husband, because if it was a hit, they would have to find out. Yeah, just, you know, yeah, it wouldn't, it, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't link them to the crime scene. Right. Not at all. And which could be why it's taking so long and people being bound and shot with two different guns, point blank range. It's hard to imagine not being some sort of hit or at the very least some really really angry people yeah because paul was shot in the head and chest i mean if it's just a simple burglary you don't shoot someone at close range in the head and chest they have not even mentioned anything about a burglary no there's not been one mention anywhere of a burglary and it has to have been targeted because if the police are saying there's no threat to public safety but the other thing is, SLED has set up a tip line. So yes. if they do know, why are they setting up a tip line? Well, I mean, they may know but not have evidence. 
I mean, they may think, I should say. Maybe they just want. They, I mean, you might not have enough to make an arrest. That's possible. And so this is want. a very powerful legal family. They're going to make sure that they do everything to the letter of the law and cross right. all their I's and dot all their T's. And I don't know how much longer they can keep the 911 call and all the information from the post courier, Island Packet, whoever is doing this, the suits. There was also a rumor that there was possibly some problems in the marriage, but that is just a rumor. That's just a rumor. And, and so and many, so many of the rumors, though, are so bogus. Like I saw a rumor the first day there was, I guess, someone jumped the day that the murders occurred. Someone jumped off the bridge and and Buford or Hilton Head, it was, was reported. It was a rumor, and they said, "Oh, it's Mallory Beach's mother," which it was not Mallory Beach's mother. Uh, Someone did, in fact, oh, but jump so off part the bridge, of it was true. and they were found. I think they found a lot of. I don't know who that person was, but the rumors were it was Mallory Beach's mother, which was completely not true. I mean, the, the rumors will crank up no matter what. But you're talking a town of I think two thousand people, something like that, where everybody knows everybody. Right. They constantly talk about that in the articles you're reading from the you know decades ago. There's been articles about this family and, and and the way that they made their money off lawsuits, et cetera. And we can get to that in another um, episode as well. But this is a, a crazy story. When you started looking at the boating accident, you and you, you knew the boating accident, you knew the, the, the hit and run tied to the Murdochs, as, as little as it may be, and the housekeeper tied to the family. You never thought you'd have led to this point where there's a double homicide. Speaking of the double homicide, we haven't really talked much about Maggie, who was Paul's mother and wife, Valak. We have not, there's not a lot on her. There's not a lot. Everybody says that she doesn't appear to have had any enemies. Like that, that is one thing. No, she's, all reports describe her as a very lovely person who was well-liked. Just kind of out of the fray of everything else. Right. There's been no conjecture that I've seen anywhere that Maggie would have enemies. Right. It seems like she was a victim of happenstance. Right. That she just was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And if you want to make rumors about there being trouble in the marriage, that there's a far cry from having trouble in a marriage and killing uh, your son and wife. Well, I mean, that, that it, doesn't add I mean, up. You have to look at a d- domestic dispute. So it could have been, yeah. you know, Paul something was angry, something gone awry. He sh- shot his mother. I've seen stuff. That's and then Alec came home and shot the son because he had shot the wife. Or it could have happened the other way around. But if that was the case, I would think that Alec would immediately tell the police what happened. His attorney knows that that's not going to be... Right, because it was a domestic dispute, if it was self-defense or something along those lines. I just don't find that a plausible scenario. I don't either. It doesn't seem that that would be possible, especially if they have his alibi of being with the dad. We know it's 10 o'clock or 10.08 or whatever it is when he calls 911. The earliest they think that the murder could happen was at 9, but as late as 9.30. It's not like they said they died between noon and 10 or something. It's a very short window. So they should be able to clear people and and whatnot with that. And you hear that the assets were in Maggie's name. I think the property and I think the house in Edisto were all in her name. So that could potentially be a motive for Alex, so that he, you know, if they were having marriage problems, but again, I don't think most people kill their wives, especially they have a ton of money. They have a ton of money, and, and the reason, there's plenty of real legal reasons why you would put something in someone else's name. Right, you, yeah. Because the voting accident and the lawsuits and such that were coming. Right, that you would want to make sure you protect, protect them. your home. And he went over there 
to the hunting area, to the hunting lodge or whatever. So it wasn't like he was completely estranged or whatever. We'll see. I right. mean, obviously, it's hard to even guess now because it's all they do right now on Reddit <laughs> and, and on social media is, is, is take guesses as to what happened. So that puts a wrap on episode one. If you want to reach out to Matt Harris or Seton Tucker, the best way, Seton. Yes, you can reach us on Murdoch Podcast, our Facebook page. And MurdochPodcast.com, the website we're getting rolling. And we will talk soon. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts.